This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, November 24th of Thanksgiving week, 2020. And I know everybody's anxious about many things, but, you know, the pandemic and how we deal with it when the vaccines are released will determine a great part of our path forward. So don't panic. I mean, I understand that, you know, the COVID is spreading and that's bad and it's, it's you know, uh, you know, we can't do much about it, but don't panic. Don't panic with your investments. That's for sure. Don't panic. Okay, so I know most of us, my, I know most of us having Thanksgiving celebrations. Uh, ours is going to be very much subdued this year. Usually we have between 30 and 60 people, um, all family members, by the way. Um, but this year, I think we're probably going to be lucky to have 15. So we're really reducing our count this year, and I'm sure a lot of you are doing the same thing, but we are still going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Still going to do it. So I think most people in the United States will. You know, it's one of the truly American holidays. You think about how it got started and everything. And that's great. I I really like that it's it's so unique. So I think we're all going to have some kind of celebration, that's for sure, and I think we should. In the meantime, it goes without saying, you still have to be careful. You still have to be careful. So be careful. The market itself is doing quite well, as you noticed, I'm sure. So um, the market is probably trading on the positive vaccine news that seems to be coming out every day or two. Um, I mean, we're going to have multiple vaccines uh, it's just going to take time. Can we get them in by the end of this end of the year? By end of December, I think we're going to have some, uh, but it's really not going to be widespread probably till late next year. The vaccines I'm talking. About. It takes time to make these things. Even if you know, you know, they've already started making them. I mean, they've been making millions of doses without even knowing how well it will work. So now that they have their test, they know it works pretty good. So they're way ahead of the game way ahead of the game, which is nice. Uh, I think that, you know, the government has to be given some credit for that. We're, we're, of course, we're spending billions of dollars to get there. That's what that's what money can do for you, I guess. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to any of your financial questions you might have. I do this every day. Me or Justin do it every day. Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, every day. And, of course, we'll help you with any kind of strategies or any kind of questions with types of accounts, 401Ks, 403B, any questions you might have along those lines, we'll be happy to answer, too. But you got to call. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-99-CHART. You can call right now. The lines are open. And I really encourage you to do so. The market was up today. The Dow was up 454 points. The Nasdaq up 156 points. The SP was up 58 points. Strong market day. Again. Um, and I'm not sure if we're not going to have a you know some kind of pullback. We probably will. 
It's not going to be straight up. It just doesn't work that way. And we we are in a good time of the year for our cycle. Just this COVID thing is throwing everybody off. But I do think the market will probably only get stronger. Okay? So remember, your calls drive the show. So let's get right to the first caller. Hi, my name is Jim. I'm interested in finding out a little bit more about the Delaware Mid-Cap Growth Fund Class A. seems to be doing pretty well. A friend of mine has had it for a few years, and I was wondering whether, well, he said that it was doing really, really well, and I checked it out, but I was wondering whether what you think, whether it will keep on doing the same, or the, do you think the stocks are in it, and what it covers is going to maybe flatten out next year. Thank you very much. Most likely, they'll start to flatten out. Now, that would be my guess. This is the Delaware Small Cap Growth Fund. It's an A share. You don't need to buy A shares. A share means that they pay, you know, 5% uh, commission to buy this fund. When there's a lot of small cap growth funds just as good, that are no, no loads, meaning no commission. No load means no commission. Loaded means commission. So don't buy a fund that pays a commission. You can find ones that don't to do the exact, almost exact same thing. So why not? And Delaware is not the best fund family anyway out there. So I, I wouldn't do it. I, as I said, if you're going to, I would invest in, in value funds at this point. But that's me. doesn't mean you don't invest at all in growth funds, but growth funds have had a really great run. And at some point, there's going to be rotation into value stocks. And it looks like it's happening. But, you know, will it continue to happen? I, don't, I can't tell you that. So I, I don't tell people just to get out of growth stock, but I tell them to start to lean on value stocks. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we are two days from Thanksgiving. The holiday season is my favorite, as you know. I've mentioned it many times. Anyway, so we're looking forward to that. The market has been exhibiting volatility, mostly up recently, because there is uncertainty with the vaccines, which is positive, and the COVID, which is negative. So we should do a better job. you got to do a better job managing risk. We all should. Balancing your asset portfolios. And that requires information, strategies, you know, and that's what we're here for. So if you have questions on that, now's the time to call. Now, what do you want to talk about? Your participation is important to the show. It drives the show. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story about retail. A retail group is predicting that holiday, holiday sales will be up and will have a strong 2020 finish. Up meaning growth from last year. Do you find that surprising? Well, we'll talk about it and why that, that's probably going to be true. Okay, and I also, you know, I have other stories I want to talk about. Uh, how about some Social Security questions? How is Social Security benefits determined? Do you know? I got some about three questions we can ask and answer real quick. 
And did you see that Warren Buffett filed his 13F? And if you don't know what that means, that means we get to take a peek at what he bought last quarter, what stocks he purchased. And finally, history and um, a history of unusual taxes. Do you know that there's some taxes out there that are really bizarre? Not just here in the United States, all over the world. And I'm not talking about sales tax or income tax. I'm talking about unusual tax. And I think it's something we got to watch out for. I don't like the nanny state. I'm not a big into that. But we're going to talk about those things. Okay, time permitting, then we'll get to them. Now let's go to Emilio in San Francisco. How are you doing, Emilio? Sir Steve, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and all your loved ones. How are Thank you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you, you know, I called you Friday about the uh, the XME, the, yes. the spider for my, for uh, commodities and miners. Yes, yes. So I, I'm looking at it very carefully, and it's at the 52-week high again, or near it, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it broke so, it. So my question to you is, would you still buy that, or would you buy, like, say, an individual stock? I was looking at FCX, for example. Well, I like individual stocks, but you know, if you need a you need a spread of risk, this is a good one to be in. XME, XME, everybody. Exchange traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the S and P Metals and Mining Select Industry Index. When the stock breaks out on a fifty-two week high, it tends to continue that rise. It may come back and retest the the top that it made before. So in this case, it would be about $28.50. And if it succeeds to retest and bounces off, you really should be a buyer. You want to buy stocks or ETS that are breaking out. And this is a breakout. Now, if it was, if it didn't break out, breakout is something that breaks above a 52-week high with some gusto. And it did. Okay? So I think it's something you could buy, yes. It might come back in a point or two and retest. That would be a, a a successful retest of a recent breakout is a really strong buy signal. So you could wait to see if that happens. But what if it just keeps rising and you're out? Maybe buy half a position. I don't know. Whatever you think. We, I do like this sector. We like this sector. Me, though, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. I will turn now to my focus point. Let's go straight back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. Uh, this time it was a different kind of question. Hi, this is Luke from Minnesota. Me and my girlfriend are each going to start a Roth IRA. And my question is, if and when we get married in a few years, how does that affect our individual Roth IRAs? Do we need to combine those into one? Does it change the status of them at all? I guess my question is just how marriage affects investment accounts that you've had before. Thank you. Okay, when you get married... Your individual Roth, individual IRA, your 401k are still yours individually. They don't become joint property. Hers are hers, yours and his is his, and it stays that way forever until you die. And when you die, most of the time that you name your spouse as the inheritor and it goes directly to him. Doesn't go through co- uh, probate or the will or anything like that. You should not. You just put designate her as a beneficiary on your death or he as her beneficiary. You can make it, you can split it if you had kids if you wanted, but most time it just goes to the, to the spouse. 
But no, it does not change anything at all with the existing Roth accounts. Stays the way it is. That's it. Forever. Okay? Good question, though, because some people, you know, you don't know that unless you're told that. You know, so your IRAs stay your IRAs, whether it's Roth or regular IRA. Uh, 401K stays your 401K. 403B, 457, all those alphabet retirement accounts are yours individually. And they stay that way. My focus point today about the uh, the retail sales for this year, for 2020, the holiday sales, um, there's a prediction it's going to be up about 3.6 to 5.2% with a strong finish in 2020. And what some of the reasons are is because people aren't traveling as much. I understand that I just saw it on that 40%, uh, uh, 40% of last year's total travelers, airline travelers, 40% of, of last year. So that means 60% less traffic. Well, that means you're spending less money on travel and you probably have more money to spend otherwise, and that's exactly what's happening. So they're predicting a pretty strong finish for 2020. And the retailers need it. They need it badly because, you know, you shut down for a period of time completely, the only people that really did well is online shopping. They did pretty great, you know, but not the stores. Uh, and again, as I said, people have money to spend. So the the, the, the retailers are going to do fine. The, the industry that's really going to suffer the most would probably be the restaurant industry. I'm not talking about fast foods, the companies. They'll do fine because we drive through and all that stuff. But it's the restaurants, the small mom pop, and I really, I'm doing my part to 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 make sure I shop there, get the get get the do them. I cause I feel so bad for them, I really do. Okay, you're listening to Vest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I always welcome caller questions during the live program and web streaming. But I also encourage the Vest Talk listeners to use our 24-hour listener line to leave their financial or investment questions on our voicemail system. We're headed into a break now, but you know the number, 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Talk Insider Program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Talk Insider Program on investtalk.com. You can get your free Invest Talk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. And I'm pretty pretty low-key about it most of the time about what we do here at KPP Financial. I don't like to browbeat anybody. Uh, and But I do. we do manage money for individuals. That's what we do at KPP Financial. And we're in Irvine, California. And, and I'd like to remind you that we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And, and it, this is very good for our listeners and clients. We offer... Unbiased guidance, parallel investing, meaning I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for my clients at the same time, same price, same percentages. We have different strategies depending on how much risk you want to take. 
We offer free portfolio reviews to help you with what you're doing. If you're doing it yourself or you just want some advice, we'll do that. You can send us a message through investtalk.com and email, and it comes right to me or Justin. Uh, you can call our KPP office in Evergreen, California. We'll be happy to talk to you about anything financial. Uh, and, of course, there's never an obligation. No one, you know, most money managers don't obligate anybody to anything when they talk to them. You shouldn't. If they do, then run the other way. Okay? Okay, I told you that we welcome voicemail questions at 888-99-CHART, so let's grab one. This came in earlier from Chicago. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Matt from Chicago calling. Wanted to get your thoughts on ticker symbol HA, Hawaiians Holdings. Thought it might be a good play on the uh, airline side. You, you all mentioned on the program to look more of the leisure-focused airlines. This is uh, being one of them. Also interested to see when you analyze these airlines, what type of metrics you compare in terms of the stocks and their peers. I'll listen on the podcast. Thank you. So uh, these COVID recovery plays, which airlines would be, it, you're going to have to go back and look at past times when they were making money as opposed to the, this year and next because they're not going to make money. They're going to lose money. So you're really betting on the future. So, you know, the last year, 2019, Hawaiian Airlines made $4.60 a share, and it's a $20 stock. So if it goes back, and this year they're going to lose $11, next year $2. The year after that, they'll probably get start making money, and they'll probably get back to their 4 to $5 a share. How long it takes, I don't know. But everybody will be anticipating, so the stock will go up on anticipation. And it's already starting to do that. So what 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 does it sell at before? Well, 34, 2019, the high was 34. 2018, the high was 44. And the 2017, the high was 59. So somewhere between 35 and 45 is where it's probably going to go, and it's $20.80 a stock right now. But if you look at, remember, you, you've always heard me say, make sure that the company you're buying makes money. Well, we're in pretty unusual times, and you know that this company did make money. So the question is, will they be able to survive to get to that point where they make money? And the answer is probably yes. Probably. It's only about a billion-dollar company. It's not that big. But that's why you're taking the chance, right? I mean, you buy a $20 stock, hope it goes to 40 and you doubled your money. But never bet the farm on any one thing. Never, ever, ever do that. Okay, so Social Security, first question, how is Social Security benefits determined? What do they use? They use your salary, right? But what they use is the 35, over the last 35 years, your average wages do earned. Okay, that's what they use. Okay, um, and will your, will, will your claim in a decision affect your spouse's benefits? The answer, it can. So when you start collecting, you collect a 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, whatever it is, you want to make sure you understand if this will affect your spouse's payout. And remember, the males usually die sooner than the females. So if the male is the higher earner and that's the Social Security, you know, there's a, there's a, you have to determine what are the max, the, how to maximize your benefits? Okay, so it doesn't matter who is the highest earner, male or female or male, male, female, female. I don't really care. 
But you have to determine, you know, who is the highest earner and how much of maximum benefits can we make when in, in retirement? Okay? And a lot of people ask, do we owe taxes on Social Security benefits? The answer generally is yes. But not everybody will, because if you're low enough income, you won't hold taxes. But Social Security benefits are income. So you're going to have to pay taxes on that. And this is something I personally don't really understand. I think it's wrong. Remember, Social Security benefits are those benefits that you contributed to for all the years that you worked. Initially, all they're doing is giving back your money, Right? which has already been taxed, right? So now they're giving back your money that, that's been taxed, and now they're going to tax it again. This doesn't seem right to me. It just doesn't. This is not. Now, I understand that, yeah, you might collect more than you paid in. I get all that. But but maybe they shouldn't, shouldn't pay taxes until that happens. How about that? That you get your money back at least. Anyways. My, uh, most investors today have some awareness and fear of the term asset bubble. They understand that this type of situation can cause financial ruin, harm, lots of harm. As we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. How do we define an asset bubble? And can you name three of the biggest asset bubbles in history, all occurring since the 1980s? I'll have the answer for you at the break, but for now, my phone number is open. The line is is 888-99-CHART. If you'd like to see more about KPP Financial Select portfolios, like our balanced income portfolio, just click on the Investments tab on investtalk.com. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life 
that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The fourth quarter is moving fast. There's an autumn chill in the air and uncertainty in the markets. So you've got finance and investment questions for Steve and Justin. And the phone lines never close. Call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, I had a trivia question before you, so before the break. How do we define an asset bubble? And can you name three of the biggest asset bubbles in history, all occurring since the 1980s? An asset bubble occurs when the price of a financial asset or commodity rises to a level that are well above either the historical norms, the asset's intrinsic value, or both. And most of the time, people ignore, they can't recognize they're actually in a bubble. Most of the time, you don't know it. You can look back. And say he saw it. So what are some, you know, so since the intrinsic value of an asset can have a very wide range, a bubble is often justified by flawed assumptions that an asset intrinsic value has skyrocketed, which is obvious in hindsight, but difficult in the, in the present. Not impossible, not impossible, but difficult. You just don't know when that asset bubble will pop. Okay, when it comes to stock market, traditional valuation metrics can be used to identify extreme overvaluation. For example, an equity index that is trading at a price-earnings ratio that is twice historical average is likely in bubble territory. Though more analysts may be, you may need to analyze it much more than that. You just can't use twice the P.E. ratio, for instance, and say, oh, that's much higher. So are we in a bubble, everybody? Hmm. Okay, the, what are some of the bubbles that we've been? Okay, we had the dot-com bubble in the late 1990s. That was easy. I thought it was easy. I mean, during that time when I was just getting on the radio show with Jerry, Jerry Klein was doing the show for long years before that, we talked about the, these dot-coms with no earnings. How could they be selling at these uh, ridiculous numbers? I mean, to, to us, that was an easy bubble to spot. Okay, uh, and so remember the NASDAQ, I think, got above 5,000 in March of 2000 before it burst, and it burst in March. 
crashed shortly thereafter, about 80%, by the way, by October 2021. So the, the U.S. housing bubble, the U.S. investors jumped into real estate due to the mistaken belief that it was a safe asset class. While U.S. houses prices nearly doubled from 1996 to 2006, two-thirds of that increase occurred in, from 2002 to 2006. Two-thirds in four years of that increase. Most people were very comfortable with it. I have, now, I sold all my rental properties in 2004. Remember, it topped at 2006, so it was a couple of years too soon. But it just seemed ridiculous to me, the values. It was a harder to recognize, but Wall Street had a strong uh, influence on how that happened. Remember the CDOs and CMOs and you know the Wall Street packaging up mortgages and selling to you, and then the banks lending any Tom, Dick, and Harry any amount of money because the house was always go up in value, and they pack them, sell, 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 sell them back to uh, the public in the CDMOs and things. Well. Okay, uh, and let's see, what else did the, I missed? Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, the other one that happened is Japan. Do you remember the Japanese uh, bubble? Do you remember? It, was, it popped in 1989, 1990. Topped in 89, popped in 90. Real estate was ridiculously high in Japan. That was when Japanese were buying assets here in the United States right and left, and everybody was worried that we were all going to be owned by Japan someday. Their values of their land was sky high, and their stock market has not, it's just, I think it's just now getting back to where it was before. It was at like 40,000 on the Nikkei, something. And it got cut in half, I think. So, those are three asset bubbles. Okay, let's go to John Santa Cruz. Wants to talk about the energy sector. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Hey, John. I told you oil was going to do some breakup. Go up, remember? Uh, and, and you were right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. going up. Um, I, and I guess it's uh, going up on the expectations of uh, this, you know, the vaccines and yes. people going back to work, exactly, and, and traveling worldwide. Do yeah. you think so? Um, the idea I'm having is: um, should I allocate more cash to this sector? at least temporarily, um, uh, because of this uh, trend. So hmm. should I follow that trend or, or just uh, stay I, where I am? I'm wondering. I still think it has a ways to go, um, John. I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know me, I, I don't like to overinvest in any one thing because you just never know when it's going to stop. But my personal belief is it's got a, it's got a ways to go. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and we're talking about everybody, oil, oil companies, big oil, uh, and, you know, the related areas. And they've had a couple of very strong days, but they're still way below their 52-week highs. So I still, that's yeah. why I think, yeah. so John, I still think they have a ways to run. I do. Now, they might pull back a little bit, but I think this mm-hmm. is the begin, beginning of the run. And basically on COVID news, those vaccines are going to spread worldwide as fast as possible. That means everybody else gets to go back to work around the world. And when that happens, you know, economies should, and every country and every government is going to pour money into their economy to make sure it bounces up. So that means higher oil prices to me. Yeah. John, thanks for (laughs) 
Thanks, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. That's energy, everybody. Energy sector. 888-99 charters our number. 888-992-4278. Okay. The 13F, Warren Buffett, every, okay. What is a 13F? This is a th- filing that every institutional investor that has over $100 million must make every quarter. It's called a 13F. And that 13F, uh, details what they purchased in the quarters. And Warren Buffett, everybody watches what Warren Buffett does, right? World's best investor. So what did he buy? What did he buy in this most recent quarter? You ready for the list? I got the list. He bought eight stocks. AbbVie, Merck, Bristol-Myers, Pfizer. So four of the eight were in the drug company and uh, health area. He also bought Snowflake, which is a cloud a cloud a cloud company. He bought T-Mobile, Bank of America, and General Motors. That's what he bought. Interesting, huh? So half of his purchases is in in uh, the drug area. Now, mind you. Warren Buffett is getting up there in age, and maybe he's lost a step or two, but you can't fault his thinking. You can't. He is a value player, not a growth player. So his underperformance in recent years is because growth has done tremendous, and he's in the value side. Okay? So that's just, I think, you know, I wouldn't doubt him. I would not, and I'm not. So, So that's what he did in this last quarter. Now, here comes another voice bank question. It came from overnight at 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm a first-time caller. I just was wondering what the opinion was on uh, Amazon getting involved in pharmaceuticals and whether on a short-term basis or a long-term basis, uh, where where do you see CVS going? Thank you. Okay, well, Amazon announced that they were going to get into the pharmaceutical business and the question is, is that going to really hurt CVS? I, I don't think so. Remember, CVS has 9,900 pharmacies and drugstores in 49 states. So is this location, is, is Amazon, you know, of course, you know, is going to do everything by mail, right? And there's other mail drug uh, facilities that do, do it by mail. It's a little bit more difficult than your regular Business because of the the pharmacies, you know, you have to get a prescription from a doctor, so it's not as simple as just buying the drugs and mail and get them to you, which they could do. Uh, but CVS is going to have to come up with a plan to to fight Amazon because every time Amazon gets in a business, it tends to have a lot of influence and tends to take market share. So I think Amazon will do fine. CVS, I think, also will do fine. I will. I do. They're big enough to handle it, to compete. That's my idea. 888 chart You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website, investtalk.com. That's with two T's, investtalk.com. You can learn more about the various investor strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, you can check out our Discipline Equity Program. It's a focused growth for maximum return type program. We buy stocks. That's what we do in that program. Uh, Consistent exposure to the stock market. 
And we always, of course, only have high-quality companies. We don't buy junk, as you know. If you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to me or Justin at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Learn more right now at investout.com. And now, make, you need to take some time on give me a call. You can call me live right now, 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. My name's Frank uh, in Connecticut. I'm currently retired, and I'm looking to add a little gold to my portfolio. I'm mostly looking at two particular gold mining stocks. N-E-M and G-O-L-D. They both look good to me, but I'd appreciate your expert opinion. Is one better than the other? Are they both good, or should I just keep looking? Love the show, and look forward to hearing your answer. Bye. Well, they're both pretty big companies. Uh, uh, Barrett Gold is G-O-L-D. It's a $40 billion company. Sales are doing very well. I like the company. Uh, pays a 1.6% dividend. Uh, it's a $22 stock, going to make $1.49 next year. If you look at NEM, M, takes me a little time to punch in the numbers, everybody. Um, uh, Newmont Mine is going to make $4.69 next year. It's a $56 stock. So it has, it's gross, gross slower. It's also a $45 billion company. From just the fundamentals, quick look at them. I'd probably pick NEM. Looking at a chart, gold has been falling, as you know, and now it's a question, is it a good place to buy? NEM uh, just broke the 200-day moving average, so it just broke below today its uh, support. And the next support is going to be around 50, and remember, it's at 56.87 today, and the next report comes in about $52 or so. So it might go down there before stopping. Um, and if you're looking at gold, G-O-D, uh, let's see the chart. Yeah, it broke. It's 200-day moving average four days ago at $22.79 today. And this next strong support probably comes in very close to where it is right now. So support should come in right in here for uh, G-O-L-D. So I think you just roll the dice. You can buy a little of each. Who knows? I do think gold will have another run. I do. Okay. Um, so that's my opinion about gold. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. There's, I was reading, I, was, I do a lot of reading. You know, I read constantly because I like it. It's what I do instead of watching TV. I would read. And I read business stuff. I read it, you know, books. I'll read anything, anything that entertains me. Um, the other day I was trying to read, uh, the book by, um, uh, what's his name? The physicist. 
Uh, the guy who was in the wheelchair, I forgot his name. Anyways, and it was supposed to be you know, a kind of a beginning. Pardon me? Say that again? Yeah, Stephen Hawkins. There you go. Thank you, Jorge. Stephen Hawkins. I read, and it's not a big book. It was a thin book, and I was reading it, and I figured, well, I, you know, maybe I can understand it because he said it's simple. So I got about two-thirds of the way through it, and it got more and more and more difficult <laughs> as you went through it. But just to point out, I just love to read anything. Anyways, so I was reading about uh, the history of unusual taxes, current taxes. Not When we talk about history, they're talking about recent history. Okay, not way back when, but within the last few years. And some of them are bizarre. Okay, for, in, for instance, there, there's some that seem to have a theme. Hungary has a junk food tax on packaged snacks, foods, sodas, energy drinks, 20 cents per item. Mexico has an 8% on non-essential food, is what they call it. India has what they call a fat tax on pizza, burgers, uh, and sandwiches, 14.5%. Okay, and did you know in England they have a tax on shelled nuts, so nuts that they take the shell off of it, 20%. Now, if you leave the nuts on, uh, the shell's on, it's 20 you don't have to pay that tax. Isn't that interesting? Peanuts is the exception, as long as you don't roast them or salt them. What the heck? What's wrong with these people? I do not like these kinds of... And, of course, you know the New York tax on soda. Crazy people. On the next Invest Talk, a market strategist says emerging markets could break to all-time highs. wonder if he's right. The story's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888 99Chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. I uh, just wanted to thank you guys for all the great content that you guys are putting out. My question was on ticker symbol EXC. Do you think now is a good time to enter this stock? Do you think it's a good value play? What are your thoughts on this? Again, EXC. Thank you. Okay, this is Exelon Corporation. It is engaged in generation uh, in generation distribution of electricity to 10 million customers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Illinois. Uh, this is this is a very stable company. You buy this with a dividend, 3.6% right now. It's not going to have a lot of growth. The sales have been, earnings have been very consistent, around $3 a share for for the last five years. Before that, it was like two fifty dollars a share, $2.50 a share. It's not exciting. So right now, it's trading in the middle of its P.E. range that it normally trades at. So it's neither a bargain nor expensive. Neither one of those. So you buy it for the dividend 3.6%. If you need something stable in your portfolio, this is a very stable company. And that's why you would buy it. There's no really compelling reason. When to buy a, a utilities at the, is at the bottom of a recession or going into a recession. 
And see, so we're not, we're neither at that. We're, we are halfway recovered. So probably not the best time to buy a uh, recession-type stock. Okay, because these kind of companies maintain their earnings pretty well even in recession. They might go down a little bit, but, you know, everybody needs electricity. Right? Everybody needs it. Did you see the market PMI uh, out that was out uh, yesterday? Market, not the market. This is M-A-R-K-I-T. It's a company, not the market M-A-R-K-E-T. Market PMI. Uh, and that's a, it's a, and that they do what is called a, um, a, a, a forward looking report. In other words, they're giving us November's already when the regular PMI put out by the government comes out in, for November in December. So it gives you a little, it's a little bit of a head start. And they, it's based on manufacturing and service sector. Anything over 50 is expanding and being below 50 is a contraction. And we're already in the like mid 53, 54 points, something like that for both those. And it came out just yesterday, and it was higher than the month before. So it's kind of pointing to a better economy this month. Now I'm thinking with the COVID spike we're having, we're there's going to be a speed bump in this recovery coming. Uh, I probably next month or the month after we'll see the numbers. But right now we're not seeing them. But the spike just happened. It's always, you know, always behind time. So, but even when we see that bump, that may not hurt the market too much. When I say that bump, I'm bumped down. We're hitting a speed bump, making a slow down, the economy slow down. Um, because remember, the market participants look forward. And they're saying, okay, if that vaccine comes, and that's what they're doing now, right now. If that vaccine comes, then the COVID thing won't be around, and then, you know, earnings for corporations will spike next year, or, you know, at, at the very least next year sometime. And therefore, so what kind of PE ratios, what kind of price should we put on that? And that's what the market is thinking now. Now. So when that bump comes, I just don't know how much damage. We might get a little bit more volatility on the downside, but I, I can't see it being too big, too big, and that probably an opportunity to buy if that does happen. So that came out. And did you see the housing prices from uh, Case Schiller? Highest month, year over year in a decade. Uh, prices up 6% over it's across the nation. Across the nation, six percent something. So housing prices are housing is doing very very well still. Now keep in mind that the market will be closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving, everybody. So we've got some special best of caller questions, a compilation podcast shows lined up for Thursday and Friday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over a hundred archived best talk podcasts, all free, all free downloads. You can get them at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. And we would like you to rate us if you would. And if you want to listen live, you can hear the program each weekday via real-time streaming through investtalk.com. Click on the Listen Live button, and it's free. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Investtalk. Good night, everybody.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 